So the big story today, of course, Elon Musk is buying Twitter. This is a huge win for free speech. And notice, I'm not saying it's a huge win for conservatives, because this should not only be about conservatives. Free speech should be a basic principle. It should not be a conservative versus liberal argument where conservatives are for free speech and liberals are against it. But that's exactly what it is. Freedom of speech is universal except for these Democrats who are radically trying to take it away because censorship is bad. Like It's like put out the facts, stop trying to control everybody, stop trying to make us all into robots and make us all follow uh, in lockstep whatever you demand and not be able to think for ourselves. It really is outrageous and that's what Elon Musk believes in and is all about is just put the information out there and let people decide. So we'll get into all the details coming up. President Biden, did you see these videos? Biden keeps shaking hands with thin air. You cannot make this stuff up. Biden, he keeps sticky. He'll give a speech. This happened twice already where he'll give a speech and then he'll turn to the side, stick his hand out as though he's trying to shake somebody's hand, as though he's trying to greet somebody. The only problem is there's nobody around for like, 50 feet and he just his hand he just sticks his hand out and it's just like dangling there with no no, no, as though he's shaking someone's hand except there's nobody around i mean it's the imaginary person and i want the imaginary man to actually be the president instead of biden can we can we possibly get the imaginary guy who biden is shaking that person's hand in his brain can that person be the president and here's what i'm thinking there's a theory that Biden, he's setting up this imaginary handshake man. He's going to blame that guy for inflation. He's going to blame him. And, you know, when people suddenly realize, wait a second, Putin, Vladimir Putin cannot be the reason for inflation because inflation skyrocketed months before Putin ever invaded Ukraine. So that Biden's going to be like, yeah, but it's that guy. Well, who, who are you blaming now? Well, that imaginary guy whose hand I keep shaking. All right, so... Joe Biden is going to appeal the mask mandate. Can, can, can the imaginary handshake guy replace Kamala Harris? Can he be the new VP? He or she or whatever it, whatever it is. Uh, so Biden is actually going to appeal the airline mask mandate. And we told you about the judge, the Trump appointee who ruled that the mask mandate is unconstitutional, that it's illegal, that the, on airplanes, that this was, uh, government overreach. And all, by the way, Fauci is upset that judges actually have jurisdiction over the CDC and that judges can actually overturn COVID restrictions. We're going to tell you about that. Fauci, the fascist, but all, and, and, and by the way, the egomaniac, but all Biden needed to do here is just not appeal the ruling. And a, a listener pointed this out. You don't even need, you know, the Biden was being begged to just end the mandate and he doesn't even need to do that. So he did not do that. So a judge did it for him. It's extremely unpopular. And this was Biden's chance. Now all he needs to do is say, all right, listen, guys, we tried. We had the mandate. A judge struck it down. A judge says that it's illegal. It's overreach. So we're not going to appeal the ruling because anyway, it's very unpopular. And the airline CEOs say that airplanes are safe and it's not based on science. It is so not based on science. Can somebody explain to me? And people get upset at me. Well, how do you know about science? You're not a science expert. Well, number one, neither is Jen Psaki. And she keeps commenting about the science. And Biden's 
making these decisions. And what does he know about science? He doesn't even know his name at this point. And you don't need to know science because it's very simple. There are people clustered together in sporting arenas, in wedding halls, in restaurants. There are people sometimes huddled together, clustered together in these tiny, tiny indoor spaces, and they don't need to wear a mask. Uh, you know, other than like three-year-olds in New York City, people don't need to wear a mask on the ground. So why is an airplane? Airplanes, by the way, have very, very good filtration systems that kill a lot of these germs. They're actually safer, according to some. But, but scientifically speaking, there is no difference between people crowded together in a small bar or restaurant and an airplane. And somebody will say to me, well, but what about the person sitting next to you on the plane? The filtration system helps for the air circulating. But what about the person sitting next to you? The person sitting next to you does not have COVID. Okay, what are the odds? I, I understand you're worried that like on an airplane, one person has COVID, two people have COVID, asymptomatic COVID, because the person coughing and sneezing, you stay away from usually, but or they won't get on a plane. But the point is that, that, that the person sitting next to you is not the concern, because once you're going to go there, so you can never, ever go to a supermarket, go anywhere ever, because what if... This person has COVID. The answer is we're just worried about it. it's a numbers game. You're not worried about the guy sitting next to you. So people, they make these insane claims and then they say that somehow, what do I know? I don't understand it. Yaakov, you don't know anything about science. You don't understand the science. So all Biden has to do, he's so out of touch here and this draconian mask mandate. Why is Biden doing this? Biden's not doing this because of the science. He's not even doing it at this point, by the way. Because of public health, because as I said, it, it, there is no data that says that flying on an airplane is more dangerous to, in terms of catching COVID than anywhere else. Biden is literally doing it. This is their last ditch effort. They have no jurisdiction. The federal government, remember, they tried to force people to vaccinate, force workplaces to mandate a vaccine, and that got struck down because that's unconstitutional. You can't just force people, you know, if they want to have a job to get a vaccine. So this is all they have left is the TSA, you know, the the, the federal government really doesn't have much jurisdiction other than mandating that people wear masks in national parks. So th- th- this is like their, like, last breath here of COVID restrictions where, like, okay, we finally have a chance. There's still one mandate that we could – they love mandates. All right, welcome to – the Yaakov M. Show on the VIN News Podcast Network. Send us an email. Email address josh at vinnews.com. Josh, J-O-S-H at V-I-N-N-E-W-S dot com. That's two N's. The, the, the N is in VIN and then the N is in news. Elon Musk is buying Twitter. Billionaire, CEO of Tesla. And Musk, here's what he said. He said that I hope my critics... Remain on Twitter, he said, because I value free speech. And you listen to it. He made a statement. We're going to uh, read you that in a moment. See, Musk is not looking to control the flow of information. This is what I find so appealing about Musk is he's not saying, oh, this is my chance. I'm going to own because he, he's, he's taking it private. It's a publicly traded company. Musk is going to make it private. And Twitter has agreed to his terms. He made them an offer they basically could not refuse. Musk is paying a lot of money. And the, a lot of these Twitter executives are going to be – and board members are going to be very rich. But here's the thing about Musk is he's not – you know, it, it, Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post and it's like, well, now I'm going to control the flow of information and I'm going to basically make you know the Washington Post like just a piece of anti-Trump propaganda. I, I mean it, it, it's literally – the Washington Post is like the anti-Trump newspaper. So that's not what Musk wants. It's like uh, this is the town square. 
This is where everybody can come and disseminate whatever information they want, and I'm going to just step back and let it be the Wild West. That's what Musk is saying. It's the opposite of people like Bezos and the Democrats who want to control the information. Uh, and Musk is just outraged. She's been very critical of Twitter because they censor and they ban, and we know who they censor and who they ban. It's conservatives. And what's amazing is, and it's the Hunter Biden story, and it's anything negative about Biden and, and the Democrats and, you know, anything uh, related to, to COVID that they don't like, anything that doesn't agree with their version of the science, they censor and they ban and they silence. And Musk says enough is enough. So it's funny how we don't even know if Elon Musk is a conservative or not because he really doesn't discuss the politics per se. It's just that we know that he's pro-First Amendment. He's pro-freedom of speech. And a lot of Democrats are assuming, well, he's the enemy. Pretty amazing. You know, 30 years ago. If you said, I'm in favor of freedom of speech, the Democrats didn't say, oh, well, then you're not one of us. It's amazing how far the Democrats have come that if you're in favor of freedom of speech, then you're obviously not a Democrat because the Democrats, they don't believe in freedom of speech. It's like when Trump, his slogan was make America great again. And like the Democrats didn't like that. Well, what MAGA? They didn't like MAGA. They used to like get offended by somebody wearing a MAGA hat. And I understand it stands for Trump and represents Trump and all that. But like. You're upset about MAGA. You're upset about making America great again. Which part of that do you not like? Do you not like America or do you not like America being great? Like which – where's your issue? So let me read you. Elon Musk put out a statement when they announced the purchase of Twitter. He said, quote, free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features making the algorithm open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots, and authenticating all humans. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. And how beautiful is this? See, Elon Musk, it's more than just about freedom of speech. Obviously, you know, that's his big mantra here. But he wants to make the algorithms open source. So instead of Twitter and, and, and Google and YouTube where they have these secret algorithms, right, that they don't show anybody, which are basically designed – to censor out and block conservatives. And we know it's true. Sometimes I'll be Googling a story, right? I'll look for a story on Google, and I'll know that there's a conservative who wrote a certain article, and I'll want to see the conservative slant because you'll know all the, you know, you, you'll get like 20 articles in the mainstream media uh, on Google uh, uh, opposing the conservative viewpoint. So I'll want to see like a conservative author and their take on it, and I can't find it. It's buried by Google because the algorithm knows to hide conservatives and to spotlight leftists and liberals and Democrats. So they're going to actually, um, you know, publicize the algorithm, no more secret algorithm. And you know, he's also saying that he wants to get rid of the spam bots also. You know, it's like they have these, 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 these robots which basically go on Twitter and just put out all this leftist propaganda, but it's fake. It's not real people. He's going to authenticate all humans because they basically – they hijack it. They hijack the platform and it's very it, – first of all, it, it, it gives a very skewed slant of perspective, makes it appear like the masses are super radical. And, I, and I'm not just talking about Democrat. I'm talking about like radical, all this crazy gender stuff that's going on, all the socialism, all the open border stuff. Uh, you know, the anti-gun propaganda. Many Democrats are rational people. I know it's going to come as a shock. I know it sounds like, what's he talking about? There are many Democrats out there who are reasonable, rational, moderate Democrats, but they get drowned out by all the noise. And that includes these spam robots that are, that are flooding Twitter with this vicious, radical, leftist, socialist propaganda. And, and, and here's the, you know, here's what's interesting is, 
Uh, like, I don't want to ban people who I disagree with. I, you know, I'm talking about myself now. It's like the Democrats, they want to they wanna silence conservatives. They want to censor people who don't agree with them, right? You say something bad about COVID, they label it misinformation, something they don't agree with. You say something, not you don't believe in man-made climate change, and therefore they label you misinformation, and they ban you, right? Rand Paul says that cloth masks don't work, which he's 100% right about, and now everybody agrees. But at the time, Rand Paul was banned because he said that cloth masks don't work, okay, are not effective. I don't want to do that. If, if if somebody disagrees with me, these radicals who believe in open borders, who believe in socialism, who you know, who believe in man-made climate change, and uh, believe that you should basically get rid of all fossil fuels, and you know, be, you should you should become what uh, carbon negative or carbon neutral or whatever, and, and believe basically that you should like shut down oil and natural gas tomorrow as a as a fuel source. I don't want to ban those people. I don't want to censor those people. Let them make their bogus claims you know, and let them make their radical statements. And it actually helps my cause because when Ocasio-Cortez spews her insanity, right, everybody – she's exposed. Everybody sees how nutty she is and it actually helps my cause. So why do the Democrats – ask yourself that. Why are the Democrats so terrified about people on the right, about President Trump and Rand Paul – and Elon Musk about them speaking their mind because it's all about control. It's all about manipulation. It's all about elitism. You know, they, they literally just want to control the narrative and they know that if people actually can, can, can access the facts, they know that when people find out the true facts, people usually realize that the Democrats are wrong and that the conservatives are right. So that, that, that's why these, these leftists are so terrified about the facts getting out. Think about that. I don't have a problem with the facts getting out because I'm very confident and very secure in my side. My side's going to make a very convincing argument. But they, they're so insecure and they, and they silence and censor because they know that they're, that they're wrong and they're terrified of being exposed, which is pretty fascinating. You know, so, um, that's what this is like. They're like Kim Jong-un. The Democrats are like Kim Jong-un. They need to control the narrative. They need to control the facts. I mean, think about COVID vaccines, right? I personally believe that COVID vaccines are a very good thing, not in every situation. Ask your doctor. But here's the thing is there are facts about COVID vaccines that people have a right to know. You know, Rand Paul, Dr. Zelenko, Dr. Robert Malone, they they wanted to warn people that the vaccine can have, you know, negative side effects. They wanted to, we don't know, it's hard to get a handle on the percentages and I'm not trying to dissuade anybody, but, but should a 12-year-old be getting the COVID vaccine when a 12-year-old is healthy uh, and, and the vaccine is a slight risk, even if it's a very minimal risk, does that make any sense? Well, the people who started saying that, you know, that kids should not get vaccinated, they were silenced. I mean, uh, when Dr. Malone said, listen, there are negatives, when, when Dr. Malone said there are negatives to the vaccine and you people need to know the facts, maybe it's rare, maybe it's not so common, but 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 the point is they silenced Dr. Malone. Remember that whole situation with Joe Rogan when they tried to get him banned from Spotify. That was when he interviewed Dr. Malone. Uh, it's like it's Orwellian, is what it is. And I, I may seem a bit cynical right now, but let me make this point: the Twitter executives look how quickly they buckled and they caved and they said, "All right, we're going to sell to Elon Musk." At first, they thought they were going to put up a little fight with the poison pill, 
And at first they tried to resist. And then they said, all right, you know what? He wants to buy. He made us a great offer. We're going to sell. And they didn't try to fight it. There are legal ways that they could have possibly fought it. Now, they would have gotten into legal trouble. I will, I will give you that because you've got to, you have a fiduciary responsibility. You've got to protect the shareholders. And this was a great deal for the shareholders, Elon Musk offer. But I believe that they caved because it's all about the money. It's show me the cash. That's, I'm cynical, but you've seen this so many times with Democrats that, you know, they'll claim to have certain principles and they'll claim to have certain values and morals. And then, oh, once there's money on the line, show me the money. So here's the thing is the, the, the executives of Twitter, they put up minimal resistance. Elon Musk basically said to them, listen, I'm going to give you people so much money, so much more money for Twitter than it's actually valued on the market. And it would have taken them years, these executives, these board members, it would have taken them years to generate profits from Twitter that are going to match what Elon Musk is giving them right now. So basically, they're selling their souls to the highest bidder. Because here's the thing, they don't believe in Elon Musk. That's, they, they don't agree with him. They're, so they're choosing money over principles. That's how I look at it, which liberals frequently do, as we've seen so many times. But that's the idea here, is that they don't want Twitter to be in the hands of Elon Musk. They, they've been silencing conservatives. They've been silencing people on the right. And now Elon Musk is going to give so many people a voice who Twitter was trying to silence. So now I don't agree with that, obviously. I think it's a terrible, terrible, you know, point of view. But that's what they believe in. But they're sacrificing their principles. And it's because they have no core. As we've seen so many times, they have no core. Those are not really those their principles. They just have an agenda. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is downplaying the fact that those security cameras malfunctioned in the subway, preventing the NYPD from identifying the subway shooter um, much sooner than they ended up identifying him. They could have identified him hours earlier. And, um, you know, it, it turned out okay because he was caught, but he basically gave himself up. And, and and this is amazing. Eric Adams is saying, oh, this is no big deal. It happens. Cameras malfunction. Like, number one, I mean, it was the very camera, the very subway station. You, you, Eric Adams is going to make it sound like, well, it was just a strange coincidence. There were that camera, those cameras in that subway station happened to malfunction. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of cameras in the subway system in New York, you're going to tell me it was only that one and this guy just got lucky and he happened to be in the one subway station where the cameras malfunctioned. This tells me, and we don't know because I'm sure they're fixing them now, but go check every single subway system. I guarantee you there are hundreds, dozens, or maybe hundreds of subway security cameras that have been malfunctioning. I mean, clearly, and Eric Adams himself, as a, as a listener, reminded me, I made this point a few weeks ago. Eric Adams, he became mayor. He said, I'm not taking the subway. Subway's too dangerous. And I said, you're kidding me? You're the mayor and you have millions of people on the subways and you're responsible for them and you're basically telling them, listen, I'm scared. I'm, are you kidding? I'm not going anywhere near that subway. Well, you're the one who, who's supposed to be keeping it safe for everyone else. What kind of a leader is that? But now he's saying, oh, you know what? No big deal. No big deal. It's a huge deal. This could have been a disaster. This man could have gone on and shot up dozens of more people if he did not turn himself in. I mean, this should be a major humiliation to the you know to 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 Mayor Eric Adams a few weeks in office and he can't have working cameras in a subway working security cameras security cameras are a huge deal you've got to make sure if I was the mayor I mean I would literally have whoever's in charge and it's probably the MTA or I don't know who and, and have him at my desk and number one I'd probably fire the person at this point but hopefully I would have had him on before and he'll say well, how do you know I because I think about these things every time I walk into a store or into into a, you know, I don't go to subway stations that often, but any of these public places, I'm looking at the cameras. I'm making sure I'm checking where there are security cameras. Okay, am I slightly paranoid? Maybe, 
But that's how I think. That's how my brain is wired. But Adams dismissed the fact that the cameras at the subway stations were not functioning on April 12th when this um, vicious monster opened fire, injured nearly 30 people. Here's what Adams said on ABC. Quote, we have a great camera system and I'm proud of what we have. All my tech guys say, Eric, cameras go on and off. That is just a reality in the subway system in particular underground. Oh, yeah, cameras go on and off again. So what are you telling me? You're telling me I still can't. You know, I wouldn't trust it now. I mean, he, he, he should be doing is he should be apologizing. You know, he should be on his hands and knees begging for forgiveness from the people who were shot. And, he, and I know the cameras couldn't have prevented it, but you get my point. He should be saying, listen, we messed up. I, I am personally going down to every station, checking every single camera myself, even though I'm scared to walk in the subway. So I've gotten, you know, police protection. But I'm going to go and personally look at every single subway camera to make sure that these are operative instead of saying, well, listen, my tech guys all told me cameras turn on. Cameras turn on and off. Cameras turn on. You're supposed to be protecting millions of people. The subway system to me is one of the by far highest value targets um, for these terrorists. And you're telling me, well, cameras go on and off. That's the message that we're sending. So, like, this could happen again. Uh, this is outrageous. Adams also defended. Uh, the CEO of the MTA, Jano Lieber, calling him an amazing partner. Lieber has said, oh, the camera shutdowns, uh, that did not impede the NYPD investigation. How can you say it didn't impede the NYPD investigation? They were not able, they finally identified a subway, uh, the, the attacker, a suspect, through like somebody's smartphone video. But like, that must have taken a while. You could have looked at the cameras, had, had it within 10 minutes. And as I keep saying, the shooter, he phoned in his location. He called 911 on himself to report that, you know, that he was turning himself in and somebody else discovered him, but he was walking around outside. This shooter was like prancing around, waltzing around in the street. The NYPD got so lucky. This thing hit them in the face. They, they didn't know what hit them. They, 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 this man would still be at large if it wasn't for the fact that he basically gave himself in. I'm not saying for sure, but very possibly, who knows? Because the NYPD, they were asleep at the switch here. All right, so Dr. Fauci, he basically wants the CDC to have dictatorial power. But Fauci wants the CDC and the health experts like himself, he wants them to be able to be dictators and to just decide what the COVID policy is, decide what public health policy is, and be immune from even a judge striking down what they say. I mean, they literally want to say, uh, you know, they want to have anything that they say is needed for public health, they want to have the final say. It's, it's, it's terrifying. They, I mean, literally, this is what Fauci said. He said that he was, that he was disturbed by the fact that courts could overrule the CDC on COVID rules. Those were his exact words that he found it disturbing. We're talking about this judge overruling the airline mask mandate. Fauci, Fauci, remember, Fauci believes that he is the science. He's the man of science. What he says is science. If you're arguing with Fauci and not arguing with Fauci, you're arguing with science itself. That's not me talking. Those are actually his words. But, Courts can overrule the president of the United States. I mean, literally, Dr. Fauci was not even elected. The CDC, they're appointed. They're not even elected. But the courts can overrule Congress. They can overrule the president, the military, everybody under the sun. That, that's the power of the courts. That's the beauty of, of the democracy that was created by our founding fathers is, is the checks and balances. And he wants it to be everybody except for the CDC. The CDC says you need to wear a mask on a plane. Well, then you need to wear a mask on a plane and no judge can decide that it's government overreach. Fauci thinks this is a terrible precedent that the courts can actually strike down decisions that were made by medical experts who have been Washington bureaucrats for 50 years 
who it's not even about science, it's all about politics, it's about the teachers' unions. Fauci basically wants the teachers' unions to decide public health policy and then uh, the courts can never strike it down. I mean, look how big an egomaniac he is. CNN Plus. Have you heard about CNN Plus? This is a joke. CNN Plus is like a punchline at this point. That was going to be CNN's new online streaming service, but it's already been discontinued three weeks in. CNN Plus is in is, is around for three weeks, and it's already discontinued. This was going to be the next big thing. Wow, that was fast. Three weeks, and CNN Plus is ancient history, and it's like, well, people just love CNN so much. We're going to give them a paid subscription version of CNN. We're going to give them a paid streaming version of CNN where they have to pay. CNN is free. You can't you can't get people to watch. You couldn't pay people to watch CNN. Like, what were they dreaming here? What were they smoking thinking that we're going to make an online paid subscription streaming service of CNN and that we're actually going to get people to subscribe? So remember, and look, they got a bunch of subscribers, but they promoted this thing like crazy. They invested millions of dollars And, I mean, you can't get people to watch CNN for free. What makes them think people are going to subscribe and sign up and pay? Chris Wallace, remember, he left Fox News Sunday to join CNN Plus. And now maybe he's out of a job. I don't know. He was upset that Fox News actually reported about the election fraud. And he was paid millions of dollars. CNN Plus got about 10,000 viewers a night, which is a joke. It's nothing. I mean, but again, CNN itself you know, gets way, way lower ratings than than than, than Fox News. Um, so here's the thing is CNN had about 150,000 subscribers in the first three weeks, which is not abysmal. But remember, they promoted it like crazy. They invested millions. They were expecting huge results from CNN Plus, And then they got a wake up call like, what were they, you know, what were they thinking? I mean, it doesn't make any sense. But this is what happens when delusional corporate executives Drink their own Kool-Aid and it's like the city, I can imagine them sitting around a board table saying, hey, you know, let's make a, you know, sitting around the conference room, let's make a streaming service. Fox News has Fox Nation, so we're going to make a streaming service. That's a great idea. And people will pay to watch Chris Wallace interview politicians. So, I mean, they were expecting two million subscribers, paid subscribers within the first year. And they saw that there was no chance of, chance of that happening. The CNN management just decided, to pull the plug. And look, people don't, this is a huge embarrassment. People do not want fake news. That's the bottom line. See, CNN is biased. They're leftist. They're anti-Trump. They have an agenda. And it's okay to have an agenda. But number one, it's fake news. CNN, I mean, it's not just Nick Sandman and the Covington story. There were so many stories that they got wrong. They spent two years on the bogus Russia hoax. It was a hoax. It was a sham. And CNN literally had you thinking that Trump was colluding with, with Russia, that Trump was a Russian spy for two years. That's, that, 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 that is ma- a massive embarrassment for CNN. But it's not that. It's that they pose as uh, 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 journalists. That's what really bothers people is they pretend to be objective. Fox News, you know, they don't kid anybody. Everyone knows that Fox News has a right-wing slant, and that's fine. But don't pretend like you're reporting the facts and like you're reporting the news, and then, you know, clearly... You have an agenda and you're biased. Um, a National Guardsman sadly, tragically drowned this weekend trying to rescue two illegals. Get this. A National Guardsman actually tried to rescue two illegal immigrants who were crossing the Rio Grande River from Mexico. 
and they started to drown, and they were the National Guardsman went in to rescue them, and then he drowned, and um, he was trying to save the lives of these two illegals and, and who were swimming across trying to get into the United States illegally. And, but what's amazing is they were drug traffickers. They were dr- It's a horrible story, and the media totally ignored the story, as we'll get to. But these men were actually drug traffickers. They were they were smuggling drugs into the United States, started to drown in the Rio Grande River, and this National Guardsman, brave man, went in to try to rescue them, and then he himself was, was killed in the process. So he literally lost his life rescuing illegals who were smuggling drugs. And yet the media, you know, and it's like amazing because the media, they're always depicting border agents as these cruel, vicious, heartless monsters, yet the media ignores this story where this heroic person tried to rescue these illegal aliens who were smuggling drugs, who were trafficking drugs and died trying to save these illegals. So let me read you Fox News here. The missing Texas National Guard member who was found dead after trying to rescue two migrants from drowning received almost no televised media coverage from liberal networks over the weekend. This is National Guard Specialist Bishop Evans. He was 22. He went missing in Texas on Friday after trying to save the migrants crossing the river from Mexico. Um, MSNBC and CNN gave no on-air coverage to the situation from Friday through Sunday morning. And of the big three networks, only ABC News gave it any mention, just 20 seconds of coverage. NBC and CBS News ignored the unfolding tragedy uh, in their broadcast. The five outlets did give the situation online coverage. NBC News Now's streaming service covered the case in Sunday. In contrast, the ultimately debunked accusation that border agents had whipped Haitian migrants received extensive mainstream media coverage, both on television and in print last year. Here's a quote from Media Research Center's Tim Graham. Quote, it doesn't look good when you make a huge deal out of border agents whipping migrants, which is false, but you do not make a huge deal out of border agents trying to rescue migrants. Um, the Media Research Center found the big three networks had only done nine combined minutes of coverage on the border. In the first three months of 2022, what a shock. Multiple sources initially confirmed to Fox News that um, this man's body was found and recovered in Texas on Monday morning. All right, that's going to do it for today, and we will see you next time.